Hi. Hi. Welcome to Why Are We Like This, a Heartstopper podcast. I'm Alyssa, she, they. I'm Ashley, she, her. And today we are here with our season one wrap up. Man, that happened so fast. We are done with season one. At time of recording, just full, full, uh, full disclosure, at time of recording, the boyfriend episode just came out like mm-hmm. two days ago. And I, I mentioned this in Discord, but I fully cried <laughs> listening to the episode. I was like, I just, I'm <laughs> sitting here in my bedroom crying at myself and Ashley talking <laughs> about Heartstopper. And I have no shame. <laughs> yeah, I totally teared up uh, going back through it, cutting clips. Mm. It's just, there's so many feelings <laughs> in that episode. Yes. It, it it's truly a roller coaster of emotion. Mm-hmm. But before boyfriend dropped, we put out bully, and there was a question on our Spotify um, that asked what your favorite movie theater snack preference is. Uh, one said they they can't go to the movies without a Red Bull and a pretzel, which honestly good choices. <laughs> I love this one. An entire rotisserie chicken I snuck in in my backpack. <laughs> um. <laughs> Oh my god. I I saw that one and I was like, I mean, I respect it, but also like I feel like the smell of that would be so distracting. <laughs> uh, there's just, I'm just like having a mental picture of someone like in the middle of a movie theater with like a plate and a knife and a fork <laughs> and an entire chicken. <laughs> oh no, I'm just imagining it in the like plastic container that it comes in at the grocery store. And you're just using that, which I, like, honest to God, I have purchased rotisserie chickens. Yeah. And just eating them out of the goddamn container that they come in because, number one, that I don't have to cook. Number two, I don't have to clean anything. True. <laughs> That's totally fair. Mm-hmm. Someone said an entire bag of peanut M&Ms and a box of salted popcorn. Classic. Very that true. That is classic, yeah. M&Ms and a big Pepsi. Sweet popcorn, I eat it only at cinemas, so if I eat it, I'm immediately in the right mood, which is a good strategy. And then I save my favorite for last. (laughs) Uh, Nachos with extra cheese, jalapenos, and a slushy red or blue. Excellent choices. Okay. But, like, do you mix the red and the blue? Sometimes. I know a lot of – I'm not a big slushy person. The texture – just doesn't I, I'm not I, I don't like the texture, but um I know a lot of people who do. And when I worked at the movie theater, a lot of people would ask to mix the red and the blue or the red and the coke. Oh yeah, to make a cherry coke. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely mixed the red and blue before. I'm typically a one or the other though. Fair. I just remembered, so please pause. Someone on Discord actually um, so, uh, Flames on Discord, uh, said that typically there's, uh, like one big container at the, like, concession stand full of salted popcorn, which is just, like, salt on popcorn, and then one container that is sweet, which is just sugar on popcorn, um, and I did not do the research <laughs> uh, to see if that, I didn't, I didn't clarify if that was um, kettle corn or just regular popcorn with sugar. <laughs> yeah. So then this person assumed that the mix of both would be that they would layer 
like do like a scoop of salty, a scoop of sweet, scoop of salty, scoop of sweet. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Samantha on YouTube said that at the cinema, it's either salted flavor or sweet and it's dry, just the flavoring. And then I said, I asked if it was just popcorn or kettle corn and they said that they don't use the term kettle corn, so they don't really know what the difference is. So now I want to look up like, what is the difference? Because I just thought kettle corn was like the term for sweet popcorn. (laughs) So kettle corn is made from what I'm like quickly gathering on Google. It's traditionally it's popped in oil and sugar. Okay. Is like the thing that makes it kettle corn. So it's popped with the sugar. Yeah. As opposed to like traditional movie theater popcorn in the US, which is um made with a like a flavored salt. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, it's looking like that's how they make the sweet popcorn in the UK. Maybe they just don't use the term kettle corn. Okay. Because there's also a suggested question, what do Americans call sweet popcorn? And the answer is kettle corn. So okay. it must be an American thing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. So season one. Okay, season one. So we wanted to have an episode to kind of talk about the season as a whole, look looking back on kind of some of our favorite moments some of our least favorite moments. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, looking at what we're looking forward to in season two and hear from some of you about your thoughts. And I'm really excited because I haven't read any of those yet. So, Ooh, you are um, in for a treat. (laughs) Yes. Ashley uh, Ashley, uh, compiled all of those and I haven't looked yet, aside from like just opening the document. Right. Um, And then we also – want to share some of our plans for uh the time in between now and when season two finally airs so before we dive into like reflecting on it i did want to talk about one thing that was on my radar this entire season and i just somehow failed to mention it (laughs) every single time Um, it happens but i want to talk about the truum patches Mm-hmm. And how they change throughout the season. Okay. So in episodes one through four, it's the Truum tea with your spades, right? And then mm-hmm. there's like a barren tree with nothing, like a like a okay. winter <laughs> tree to mark. Obviously, it was January, February when we started. So that's the mm-hmm. season they were in. <laughs> During the scene where Nick asks Charlie to join the rugby team and we see Charlie's little delusion of Nick confessing his love. The uh, daydream, not delusion. <laughs> True, fair. Uh the spades turn to hearts on Nick's oh, that's so patch. Cute. And then in episodes five and six, it's a tree with little buds on it because it's spring. Mm. And the tree is starting to bloom. And then in seven and eight it's a fully bloomed tree with leaves all over it at the end Ooh, i like that such a nice touch to like help mark time but it's also like it's subtle enough that if you're not paying attention it'll fly right over like i don't know how many times i watched the show before i i i like literally have never noticed it before (laughs) 
So now, now, and I mean, like, I you probably know this, but you, you have kind of locked yourself into making a TikTok of this. Oh, so that sure. yes. can see it. <laughs> can do. Um. So yeah. Yeah, because no, I have never noticed it before. I'm gonna have to go back and look for that. I think you even mentioned it once, and then I just like <laughs> forgot. I think I think it was off mic, but you mentioned it to me, and then I just forgot. I probably was like, <laughs> I keep forgetting to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just wanted to point that out because it was fun, yeah, and clever, no. and I love it. I wonder, and now I'm gonna have to flag that for the comics too to see if mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. of that stuff changes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so we wanted to start with do you, actually do we want to start with our least favorite or our favorite? Oh yeah. god. I have way more favorites than I do least oh, favorites. Same. <laughs> I currently have one thing written on my least favorites and like I'm sure that as we talk I will come up with more. <laughs> yeah. But when I was creating my notes for this, I just I wrote one word. <laughs> Place your bets now, everyone at home. Place your bets as to what that one word is. Um, So let's start with least favorite moments uh, because I'd rather talk about favorite things second. Okay. (laughs) So what are some of your least favorite things in season one? Ben, which would have been my guess for your one word. Ben. It is. Um, it is. My one yeah. word is just, it just says Ben. Yeah. <laughs> and then I also just pick like some of my least favorite scenes to like sit through, mm. which are pretty That's much fair. like the hard ones, right? So I have like Harry at the movies when he like starts touching on Charlie and mm-hmm. say and asking him all those questions, but spe- it's specifically the way he like puts his arm around him and like, yeah, I don't like it. Um, ben in the parking lot after the movies. No, thank you. Um, and then I put any any time that Nick was so sad about Charlie avoiding him that it made my fingers hurt. <laughs> Those are some of my least favorite. <laughs> um, I, I feel like those would all be up there. Um, the end of Meet with Ben, I think, yeah. also up there for least favorite moments. Absolutely. Um, again, I literally just wrote the word Ben. Yeah. I almost also wrote the word Harry, mm-hmm. um, but there are some great moments that contain Harry because Tao does have some really good comebacks. That's true. Um, so I do enjoy Harry getting put in his place. But yeah, um, the rugby stuff in secret mm-hmm. also was kind of a low point for me just because like, I don't sports. care. <laughs> Yay, sports. Yeah. And it doesn't have the like excite like excitement of the like rugby montages in earlier episodes because it's not like secretly actually a Nick and Charlie falling in love montage. Right, yeah. True. I will say about Harry, like <laughs> the first like half of the season, he doesn't bother me that much because like yes, I hate his character, but Cormac is so good and like <laughs> his like line delivery is so funny sometimes that it's kind of I like giggle whenever Harry's on the screen um and so I feel like I have less disdain for those scenes just because of that oh yeah Mm -hmm. also one more least favorite that I just thought of basically the whole time in Bully that Charlie is planning on breaking up with Nick yeah no no thank you yeah no (laughs) I won't. E- I don't like 
anything that has to do with them breaking up. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> um. I won't even listen to the Nick and Charlie, like, sound bits on TikTok. If I if that's how your TikTok starts, scroll. Abort. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Run. Or in my case, sometimes I don't even just scroll. I just lock my phone and throw it across the room. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> Be gone. <laughs> I love that. So, favorite moments? Okay. Yes. I. This is not an exhaustive list. Uh, this is just kind of like what came to me. Uh, the dance with me snow scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it makes me so happy. Yes. And I love that song. And it's like the perfect song for that moment. It's great. That whole scene. Yeah. Love it. A yes. Plus. Yeah. And then... Nick and Charlie's first kiss in episode three. Mm-hmm. It is great. Everything about it is excellent. Um, the beach scene at the end of Boyfriend. I know that we are unhappy about Nick's shoes <laughs> and his hair, but it just the serotonin, the serotonin. Yeah. Um, and then, um, of course, bisexual people exist. Mm, yes. And then literally any time Mr. Ajay is on the screen. Nice. <laughs> Absolutely. Because he is perfect. Mm-hmm. And just like all of his like teachery, like pearls of wisdom to Charlie are great. His like the way that he and Charlie interact is just so spot on. It's great. I love it. Yeah. I wish I was him. <laughs> Oh, you are to someone. <laughs> That's true. No, I just like in general, like I wish I that know, I could I have his <laughs> level of like zero fucks given about things. Um and his like casual, cool true. vibe. He, he has that a great is attitude. Not my vibe. My vibe is like super chaotic but that's why you love me like i literally i tell my students i'm like you guys know that i'm absolutely losing my mind but that's why you love me (laughs) (laughs) um and then last but not least oscar winner olivia coleman yeah (laughs) okay so a lot of yours were on mine so i'm gonna and mine is i tried really hard to keep it short but it's longer than yours for sure (laughs) so i'm gonna skip the ones you've already said the first high montage, mm. like when they try to walk in the door at the same time <laughs> and they're, you know, like just awkward hellos. It just like it sets up the whole season in like such a good way. And yes. I don't know. It just makes me really happy. So. Oh, totally. Um, I also think one of the funniest moments for me was when Elle catches Tara and Darcy, and Darcy's like, I was just admiring her hands. They're so soft. <laughs> and then Darcy's like, they're so soft? That's the gayest excuse I've ever heard in my life. Um, so I had to shout that scene out. And then I love when Nick invites Charlie to Harry's party, <laughs> and he's clearly, like, so nervous. Yes. And then, obviously, rolled in with that, is when Nick watches Tara and Darcy kiss on the dance floor. Oh my god, yes. I feel like it's such a turning point for like a good chunk of the of our main characters. Yes. Um, it's such an important scene and it's so beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. And then uh, how Nick takes Charlie's hand after he says he's so proud of him for handling Ben and then he doesn't let go. <laughs> 
before they run up. That is like just a subtle little thing that I love so much. Um, mm-hmm. The proper full on gay crisis scene. Uh, yes. Very well acted. Like most of the show, but like that's. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's definitely. And then obviously <laughs> the pinkies on the desk when they're talking about Charlie's birthday party. Yes. I love that so much that I got it tattooed on me. So <laughs> <laughs> must mention it. Um, the bowling scene, Nick and Imogen at the park. And I, I feel like that is the setup for their friendship that I'm hoping we get to see bloom in season two. Yes. The Pirates of the Caribbean scene. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm really mad that I forgot the Pirates of the Caribbean scene. <laughs> So we important. spent so much time talking <laughs> about the Pirates of the Caribbean scene. How did I forget it? This is this is what I get for not rewatching the entire show in preparation <laughs> for this episode. Um, Nick and Tara in the gym, and just the overall Nick and Tara bonding of episode six, and then Charlie and Tori at the drums. Oh yes. Um, I know we already talked about it, but like. She's such a good sister, and you really see, like, how much she truly cares about him in that scene. Yeah. Never let anyone make you disappear. Of course. And then you talked about all the beach stuff. And then, similar to you having Mr. Ajayi down, I just put any time that Tori was on the screen. Oh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which, uh, speaking of Tori, because... Uh, you informed me the other day. Yes. <laughs> um, so I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast. I don't know if I did. Um, but I definitely told Ashley and I mentioned it in Discord. But um, so I read Solitaire uh, at the end of 2022 in like November or December. And I didn't love it. Um, it wasn't my favorite thing. And I realized, like, as I was watching Heartstopper again earlier this year, I realized part of it is that Jenny Walzer does such a good job as Tori that the the narrator doing the audiobook just didn't feel like Tori to me, mm-hmm. which is not that person's fault at all they do a good job of like doing the thing it's just that they're not jenny walzer and so my brain is like this is not tori but <laughs> yeah uh jenny walzer recorded the audiobook uh as like a tie-in with the new u.s edition of the of the hardcover that's coming out in may and i'm so fun- actually i think when this comes out it will have already come out oh yeah it might. So yeah, because this is coming out in early May, and so it. I think, I think it's it May may be out already. And that yeah. is coming out. So that's really exciting. <laughs> I'm excited to well, listen to it because I yes. read, I read like the paperback, and mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. But I was also like in my head picturing Jenny Walser. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to like have her read it to me. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. I'm so yeah, I'm so excited. I already have both the new hardcover and the audiobook pre-ordered. Nice. Um <laughs> but that's just my Tory sidebar. Very exciting. Yes. Did you have any other favorite moments? Um that was my list that I wrote down, but I mean, I just I love so much of it. <laughs> I know, I know. It was really hard. I was like, let me just like 
the things that bring me absolute joy. Um. <laughs> I kept like typing stuff and being like, no, 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 we got to cut this down. You got to let something go. Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel like, you know what? I need to add the arcade montage in friend because mm-hmm. I do really love all of the arcade stuff in friend Tao dancing to urban yeah. angel 1999. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of great moments in the show. It's, it's just such a happy four hours of content. Except for the, you know, like 45 minutes therein that just absolutely destroys you. Yep. <laughs> yep. God. That's what I always tell people. I'm like, it's so sugary sweet. You're going to love it. And then I'm like, I didn't warn them about any of the bad stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the really intense, like, yeah. depression and anxiety <laughs> and eating disorder and uh, – <laughs> Just like the existence of bully as an episode at all. Um, Yeah, there's. I think it's because it ends so happy that like you're willing to suffer through the pain, right? Um, Like it hurts so good. Yeah, somebody on TikTok had commented and said that they were like a huge fan of the comics. And that they had not watched the show. They were, like, afraid to watch the <gasps> show. And I was like, no, you have to watch it. Like, it's so good. And they were like, nah. and I was like, no, really? <laughs> and they were like, mm-hmm. fine, I'll, I'll give it a try. And I was like, I'm so confident that you're going to love it that I'm going to give you full permission to come back and absolutely berate me if you don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and a few days later, they came back and they were like, wow, yeah, I really loved it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's Oh, my God. It's so – it's like one of the – best like adaptations yeah. of a thing mm-hmm. it's excellent yeah i'm so glad that alice got to be so involved in it because oftentimes yes. that's not the case mm-hmm. so speaking of the comics yeah we know a lot of what's coming because of the comics mm-hmm. so and then we also just kind of like from like announcements that have been made and things like that. We know some other things as well. So what are you looking forward to in season two? Oh, well, obviously Paris. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the party scene, mm-hmm. the recharging scene. I'm so excited to get more from the teachers to expand their yes. stories And then I know we talked about this a little offline before, but all the new cast members, I'm very excited Mm -hmm. to like meet and learn about their characters and Imogen, 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 Imogen. I love my girl. I cannot wait. So, oh my God. Yes. So I have a very similar list to you. Um, So for the Paris trip, uh, my two kind of bullet points are the truth or dare scene at the party. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At Nick speaking French. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and then specifically Charlie hearing it for the first time and absolutely melting. Yes. I am so excited. I'm I'm really hoping that they have that little bit actually with Charlie's grandparents where Charlie's like trying to speak yeah. French because I think that'll be adorable. And I will be able to Spanish <laughs> to critique the Spanish. Um you did say French again. <laughs> it's okay. We all know that my brain no work good. Um, I am also really looking forward to the relationship between Mr. Ajay and Mr. Farouk. Yeah. Um, so excited. Um, Imogen, 
Sahar. I'm so yes. excited to oh, meet I can't Sahar. I forgot Sahar. I'm so excited to meet her and like get to like kind of dig into that. I, I have to imagine she and Imogen are going to be like BFFs. Oh, yeah, for sure. If not more than BFFs. Um, <laughs> I was like, waiting I'm, for that. <laughs> I would really love an Imogen Sahar romance arc. Alice, if you're listening, please. <laughs> um, even if it's not in season two, like if we could like start that for season three. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and I am really excited to see um, Elle's friends that like are these entirely new characters that are being cast or that have been cast. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to see what they do with those characters. And in a similar vein, I'm really excited to see what they do with Isaac because mm-hmm. it was teased that we're going to get more of Isaac and his asexuality and all of that. So that's really exciting. Yes stoked for that i also didn't mention i'm excited for uh just to like see all the awkwardness of tau and l finally realizing and acting on their feelings i'm curious Mm -hmm. as to how they're gonna do because it's gonna have to change because their story i feel like has changed the most of the group um yeah so i'm interested to see and like how they're gonna swing that I'm also really interested in to see to see how some of the dynamics in Paris are going to play out differently because Tao knows yeah. already. Because, like, Tao not knowing is, like, a huge catalyst for some of the events in Paris. And I'm really, like, I'm interested to see how yeah. they're going to adapt things to work around that. Because, like, I get why they chose to have Tao find out in season one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just now I'm really intrigued to see what they're going to do to achieve the same ends in season two yeah. because I need that love bite and I need that whole yeah. <laughs> I need the truth or dare and I need Nick to be like I know who did it <laughs> I need it so I mean, bad I feel like they it's they can still do all that with Tal knowing because it's gonna be like the whole class you know that's true um i it's gonna be interesting like to see who they include like who have we already seen in season one that's gonna be in that circle that we're not yes. expecting well i mean we know james is gonna be there yeah we know who james is and like james needs to be there <laughs> right obviously but, yeah no i i am excited to see like who all is gonna mm-hmm. be in that circle i really hope that like some of the girls who were like talking about like how cool it was that yeah. Tara is out. Um, the like band girl. Yeah. <laughs> I hope she's there. Like yeah. or like one of the girls from who was like talking about like, you know, sometimes girls just do that. <laughs> right, yeah. Or like, like the girl that was like smiling and clapping while Tara and Darcy were kissing at uh, sports uh, day <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so some of the random extras um i i hope that we see back that's gonna be so fun there's there's so much that's gonna be so fun i mean granted like we do also get into some really heavy stuff yeah. in season two and like i am looking forward to seeing how they develop charlie's eating disorder and his like mental health issues Mm -hmm. i'm really interested to see how they're going to handle that but like i'm not really looking forward to it right yeah (laughs) in the same way that i'm looking forward to 
some of the more exciting things that are coming. Yeah. There's a lot of scenes that I'm excited to see acted by this cast, mm. but that I'm not excited to watch. Yes. That is that is fair. Yeah. Like a lot of the David stuff, I yeah. feel very similarly. Right. Yeah. Like the the Charlie passing out scene, I feel like is going <gasps> to be so beautifully done. Oh my God. But it's going I am to not ready. Me. I'm not ready to watch it though. <laughs> It is going to emotionally destroy me. Yeah. So on that note, do you want to read some of our listeners' stories that they wrote in? So we posted on all of our socials asking for your stories, similar to how we did in the bisexual uh, bonus episode, um, because we would love to hear from you all and your experiences watching the show, your experiences – um, with queerness and just kind of giving a space for everyone to kind of write in and share their thoughts. Um, and we got, we said 10. Mm-hmm. We got about 10 responses, which is awesome. And so we're just going to read them to you now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With commentary, of course. <laughs> Some of them are long, but I felt like they were all important and so we're not gonna cut them down we're gonna read every word of what you guys sent us Mm. (laughs) all right so our first one is from loose in the uk and they said i'm a 44 year old woman who identifies as pansexual i came to heartstopper relatively late i'd seen the trailer and thought it looked cute but i didn't watch it until july i binged it over two days which fair Mm -hmm. um I then proceeded to have what I can only describe as a breakdown. I cried for about three days straight. After some soul searching, I realized I was mourning never having what Nick and Charlie had as a teenager myself. I didn't realize I was bi. I came out as that first until I realized Pan was a better fit. But even so, Section 28 passed in 1998, repealed 2003, was in force, and I was in high school in the UK from 89 to 94. So we never saw any queer representation. It was illegal for schools or government to promote the teaching in any maintained schools of the acceptability of homosexuality as a pretended family relationship or to intentionally promote homosexuality or publish material with the intention of promoting homosexuality. Homophobia was rife. I don't think I knew any openly gay people until I was in my late teens But I remember bi people being particularly derided. Bisexual people are just greedy, but more often than not, it was seen as a step on the way to gay. Anyway, I never had a teenage love affair with a girl, and I obviously won't ever have. I'm currently married to a man, but if anything happens to us, any relationship I would have with a woman wouldn't be the same as when I was in my teens. Relationships hit differently when you're in your 40s with kids. True. Um, when I tried to explain to people that what I had experienced after watching Heartstopper, I would cry every time. I can feel myself welling up just typing this to you. I <laughs> relate to this so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's helped me heal trauma I didn't even realize I had. Lots and lots of internal homophobia, so, so much. I absolutely love the kit that kids today have the queer representation we never did. I love that the production was predominantly qu- queer. I love that Alice is ace and out. I especially love that Nick and Charlie will have a happy ending. Too many queer people don't have one in pop culture, which is true. I'm Mm -hmm. also looking forward to the next installment of the comics. Then I proceeded to watch an episode of Heartstopper every day until November. (laughs) I'd start with episode one. 
and then every eight days start again. <laughs> this is all very relatable. <laughs> <laughs> um, I bought all the Heartstopper books and all Alice's other works as well. I had a, a tattoo done as well in October of last year. I needed a permanent memorial of how Heartstopper essentially changed my life. I was utterly obsessed from July to November. I followed all the actors on Instagram. I sought out all the TikToks I could find um, about Heartstopper. And then the algorithm would, and then all the algorithm would show me was Heartstopper, which is exactly what our (laughs) TikTok feed is. (laughs) Um, It took over my life for those four months. It was all I could talk about. I quoted it endlessly. I still love it. I've just calmed down the the obsession a little bit. To be honest, I still feel a bit weird about being this obsessed in my 40s about a teen show. I think that is due to society's hangups that I'm trying to ignore, but I think it's healing my inner child of all the stuff she didn't have and didn't know she could have. I really enjoyed your podcast, and I'm glad I've been able to share my story. I'm sorry this email has sort of descended into a stream of consciousness. I had a lot of thoughts, and it was difficult to put them all in order. I'm still working things through as well. Looking forward to joining you guys uh, through seasons two and three. I enjoyed the stream of consciousness. Yes. That's exactly how I write my shit too. So it was Mm -hmm. very relatable. I also like when I found it just like hyper fixated on it. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I mean, I started a fucking podcast about it. (laughs) (laughs) So very relatable. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to be 32 this year, which I'm not the the, like target demographic for this show slash comic, but. I just I fucking but I know love it. So I know so many adults mm-hmm. who are watching it. And like everyone, for every single adult that I've talked to who watches the show, it's so much about yeah. how healing it is mm-hmm. uh for the inner child. And yeah. but I think that there is still and I mean, even especially as we get into season two and beyond with the stuff with with Mr. Ajay and Mr. Farouk, like there is going to be right. Like stuff more for the adults as well, which I am really excited for. Um, but I also totally get the kind of like hesitance because mm-hmm. it is a like teen show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, fuck that shit. It's it's so it's so healing. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I wanted to like react to or respond to in that. No, I I love this. I mean, what they said about like the reputation that by people have always had yeah. is like so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely like the like they're greedy or they can't make up their minds. Yeah. Or they cheat. And and then like also just like it's it's just like people who are gay but can't, like aren't ready to admit it yet. Yeah. Yeah, a stepping stone to gay. Yeah. That yeah, that Which, all like, definitely it can be, but it's not yeah. for every single person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, a lot of people just, like, use the stories of that being the case mm-hmm. to invalidate all bi and pan people. Just like, nope, multisexual people don't exist. <laughs> right. <sighs> but we do. We do. And we're valid. And we're awesome. And our flag is really pretty. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and we can fucking make it with emojis <laughs> now. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Because Apple finally got their shit together and made a finally. normal pink art. Only took, what, 15 Forever. years? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah. Um, so the next message 
is anonymous. This says, hi, fellow bisexual Heartstopper fans. I am a 20-year-old bisexual guy from the UK, and Heartstopper means a lot to me and my journey of understanding my sexuality. As, like Nick, I am a sporty, quote-unquote, masculine guy whose peers would probably also describe as, quote-unquote, the straightest person they've ever (laughs) seen. And then, as an English teacher, I appreciate your in-text citation of L. (laughs) (laughs) The show gave me the representation on screen that I really needed as a man who can be masculine and bisexual, as it's something that still is not often seen in media. Mm -hmm. Nick and the show as a whole undoubtedly helped me on my journey of acceptance and understanding of my sexuality. And without this representation, I think it would have taken me a lot longer to work it out myself. After coming out to my mom, it says mom, but I'm American. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully supportive. I sent her the homework. I set her the homework of watching the show and she enjoyed it and now likes to think her- of herself as the wonderful Nick's mom, mainly because it's the icon that is Olivia Coleman playing the role. Yeah. Love the show and now the comics and your podcast. Can't wait for season two. Bisexual hearts. <laughs> Bisexual hearts. Yes. <sighs> so sweet. I love that. I love the idea of like assigning your parents the homework of watching Heartstopper as like a blueprint of how to be a supportive parent in the year of our 2023. (laughs) Like this is how you do it. Like I feel like it should be watch Heartstopper and then read the book. This is a book for parents of gay kids by Kristen Russo. (laughs) Yeah, yes. (laughs) Next we have Antonio. As a bisexual man, you could just imagine how I felt throughout the show. I pulled off uh, I pulled off watching until literally spring break of 2023 because it came out when it came out in 2022, I wasn't comfortable watching it openly because I'm still sort of coming out publicly. Even when I decided to watch it at home, I watched it discreetly because when I realized Nick's experiences were my experiences, I teared up every time. From his awakening, the two sides of him with his friends slash Imogen and Charlie, to accepting his sexuality, it all made me feel valid, like my thoughts and feelings actually mattered in becoming the person I am now. I'm still working on expressing my thoughts and feelings, more so with my bisexuality, but Heartstopper really showed me that it's okay to take time and process and conclude my feelings. Thanks to the show, I feel like I've discovered slash accepted more of who I am compared to how I was before watching the show. I will forever be grateful for this show and its stories, especially that of Nick Nelson, and showing me, me and my sexuality are and have always been valid. I just discovered your podcast today, which I love that, and you still wrote in. Love it. And I love everything about it. I hope this isn't too long for the show, but I find it amazing that this podcast is what this podcast is doing and sharing slash relating to experiences from the show. We'll definitely be tuning in from now on. Have a great rest of the week. Thank you. I know. Like it says spring break 2023. And like, I'm assuming that's like recent. Yeah. That's recent. Like that would have been like within the last month. Mm -hmm. Um, So thank you for tuning in and thank you for writing in. Um, I can't wait for you to get to our bisexual bonus episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nick is just like such an important character. Oh, he is. Because and, and I, we, we've talked about this before, but there's yeah. there's no one like him mm-hmm. in pop culture right now and therefore ever. Right. Yeah. He's really, really, really important. Yeah. 
All right. So our next message is from Cassandra. And Cassandra says, hey, my name is Cassandra, and I actually don't have a queer story to share because I'm not queer. My best friend has developed an eating disorder, and she rarely has enough energy to go to school or hang out with me. Of course, I support her as best I can, but that is hard sometimes. We haven't seen it that much in the TV series yet, but Charlie's eating disorder hit me differently than anything else I've ever read. I also see a lot of myself in Charlie. I dealt with a lot of anxiety and overthinking, and I don't really have anyone to tell about it to. Heartstopper is a series as a series brings me so much joy in a really hard period for me. Charlie's character arc is especially really special to me. I don't know if this story is suitable for your podcast, but thank you so much for reading anyways. Very relevant. Very relevant. Like I and actually I really appreciate that we have kind of something that's about uh-huh. this part of the show because and about the comics because like yeah I feel like a lot of us do get so caught up in the queerness of it and like that is a right. huge part of it but Charlie's like personal arc with his eating disorder and his um his mental health really really speak to a lot of people in a lot of ways myself yes. included yeah yeah and so no we really appreciate you writing in to kind of talk about uh that side of things as well mm-hmm. yeah and showing the eating disorder now that Heartstopper is like mainstream, like it's mm-hmm. Netflix successful. Like it's going to be so important to see this kind of representation for eating disorders, especially with like it's going to be a teen male. So that's like, yeah, never seen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's exciting that that it got so popular and that it's going to be able to touch so many more people. Yeah, and like even thinking ahead, to I have to assume that a lot of the more intense like mental health and um, eating disorder stuff is going to come in season three. Right. Um, but like, I, I think that the way that it, the comics handle Nick's like trying to deal yeah. with it and like he, how he is able to support Charlie and him and Charlie navigating, like helping Charlie get help. I think that that is going to be so important to so many people like, whether you're the friend of someone with an eating disorder who doesn't know how to support that person or whether you are struggling with an eating disorder and maybe you don't realize it yeah. and maybe you'll see, oh, hey, I do that and, and oh, hey, maybe I do need help mm-hmm. and that it's okay to get help because it's okay for Charlie to get help. So right. it's, it's, it's going to help so many people in so many ways and I, I, I am really excited to see because I'm sure they're going to handle it with the utmost care. Yeah. I, I don't think that Alice would allow them to do otherwise. It's true, yeah. I'm so glad that she's, like, getting to write all the scripts because – Yeah. Oh, God. hmm Okay, so next we have Josh. Love your podcast. Almost a year out from season one's premiere and no release date for season two. I find myself antsy for more Heartstopper content. Thanks for – Us, your- too. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Constantly looking – um, thanks for your podcast. It has given me something to look forward to every other Wednesday. Uh, I watched Heartstopper a few days after it premiered. To be honest, I just needed something to watch and had seen a couple of Instagram stories with the trailer and thought it would be a good way to kill a few hours, which like, what a lovely <laughs> way to go into it. Mm-hmm. What I wasn't expecting <laughs> was for it to hit me like a train. <laughs> Relatable. Um, mm-hmm. For context, I'm 34. I was 33 at the time. 
and grew up in the rural Midwest. Uh, So nothing like this really existed when I was a teenager. If it did, it wasn't accessible to me. The first time I watched it, I was expecting the common MLM trope around every corner. And it was always such a relief when that didn't happen or where it was resolved almost immediately. I had a lot of big feelings while watching it in a way that I'm not sure I've ever felt with any other show or movie. Initially, I felt pretty resentful that this didn't exist sooner, but grateful that it existed at all. It took me several rewatches to even start to figure out why it was literally making me sob every time I watched it and why it was having such an effect on me. The comics are included in this. I've never identified with a fictional character as much as I have Charlie. It's the first time I ever felt genuinely seen by media. My young adult life has so many things in common with Charlie's story, minus the support that got him through all of it. I wasn't outed per se, but people knew even before I came out to anyone. And it being like 2007, 2008, people weren't super tactful about it. Not super long after I officially came out in college, I had a bin. Even kind of looked like the Walmart brand Sebastian oh, Croft. No. <laughs> That's... <laughs> that's great like it's terrible that this happened but like that yeah that that statement is excellent yeah um i won't go into detail but i had to deal with that alone it almost destroyed me and i've still never really re-engaged with any sort of romantic interest since then my mom is weird about food and weight so i've never had a healthy relationship with food and anxiety and depression are just kind of the backdrop to every part of my life Charlie was the first time I've ever seen some seen it from the outside, and it took me many, many rewatches of the show and reading the comics to even understand that's what was causing my really big emotions. Um, I was seeing myself in Charlie, seeing Charlie have the love and support that I was desperate for. It felt like I'm in a timeline where Charlie doesn't find Nick. Oh, it felt a little like I'm in the timeline where Charlie doesn't find Nick. The hardest thing to grapple with was the cognitive dissonance between protectiveness and love I felt towards Charlie as a character, while looking at myself and my own past not particularly kindly. Ultimately, I realized that I need to treat myself with the same understanding and kindness that I would give to a completely fictional character. It's not like I've immediately gone from being very negative towards myself to super positive, but I'm trying to make small steps incrementally to be kinder to myself. I can't help but feel if the show or comics had existed 20 years ago, maybe my life would have taken a slightly different trajectory. I wouldn't have necessarily been stumbling blindly through my own experiences because I would have had some of the representation and role models that my straight peers have had their whole lives. Maybe my life would be exactly the same either way. There's no way to know. I'm so happy Heartstopper exists now for me, for the current teenagers and adults, and for anyone else who needs it. I do think it's long overdue. We can't change the past, but I hope we can make it better for the future for future LGBTQIA plus kids. Though things are looking pretty fucking rocky right near- now here in the U.S. Yes, it fucking is. So this one was also really relatable to me. Um, mm-hmm. Just like in the way that they relate to Charlie. Um, I've not always been super kind to myself. It's something that I struggle with. It's something mm-hmm. that is really fucking difficult to change and work on. So good for you for, you know, trying. And I hope that I hope you're doing better. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So much love. Yeah. Thank you for writing in. And yeah, I think if, if I had had this when I was younger, 
I mean, yeah, a lot of the struggles that I went through may have been better. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I relate to that statement as well. Um, Our next uh, story is from Blanca. Hi, is there any better way to start talking about Heartstopper? I don't think so. (laughs) Before starting, I just want to say that I absolutely love your podcast. Aww. Um, I just found it a couple weeks ago when I was looking for a playlist with Heartstopper vibes because I have been exclusively listening to the official mixtape on Spotify, which says a lot about how madly obsessed I am with this show, books, and universe. Anyway, I have listened to all your published episodes in almost a week, so I am just so glad I found this podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Yes. Well, I'm going to introduce myself. My name is Blanca, she, her. I'm from Spain. I'm 24. I'm an English teacher and I'm bisexual as well. I'm so glad that it worked out that you got to read this one. Hi, Blanca. Are you my new best friend? (laughs) I think so. I found out or realized, however you want to call it, that I also liked girls three years ago. Although looking back, it was there for a long time. My sister wanted to watch Camp Rock because of the Jonas Brothers and I was just so obsessed with Caitlin. How could I not see it? (laughs) So after realizing, I told two friends, and now I can totally relate to Nick because it was so hard to tell them to say I liked a girl to even pronounce the word bisexual. Then after a year or so, I started reading LGBTQ plus books or watching films and shows to feel represented in any way. And then last year, I found Heartstopper. I remember reading the four volumes nonstop while having lunch at work, while walking home, in every break I had. Yes, really healthy, I know. A month after that, I saw the trailer on Netflix and I thought, oh, this story seems familiar to me. And something clicked in my head and I was extremely excited about it. And after two years and a half of knowing, I showed this trailer to my sister and it gave me the strength to tell her I was bisexual. Of course, when it was released, we watched it together and she started obsessing with it, but not as much as me. And at some point, I just paused the show and tried to explain to her why it had been so difficult to tell me difficult to me to tell her because I was afraid she started seeing me as a different person. I had known the two friends I told about before only for a couple of years. So it was kind of easier for me to tell them. Then we cried with the coming out scene with Nick and his mom. And now we are closer than ever, even though we are living in different cities. So the thing is Heartstopper has helped me loving myself and accepting who I am and who I love despite the internalized biphobia I am now aware of. Every time I rewatch it, I feel more confident with everything. It also made it easier for me to tell the person that means the most to me that I was bisexual. It shows a queer story, several indeed, that ends well with loving and supporting people. So it gives me hope for the future to be happy with whoever I end up sharing my life with. It has let me feel represented and totally relate to one character, Nick, obviously, with all the confusion, angst for not knowing who I am, fear for what people can think. And then giving me the trust and, again, hope for the future because now I know it gets better. I also want to mention the conversation with Imogen in Chapter 5 and how Nick's words hit me deeply, or the 21-year-old me, to be accurate, when I was just figuring everything out. Then I need to comment on the moment in which Nick asks Charlie how he knew he was gay because having all those people and their experiences around him just makes Nick so lucky from my point of view. 
In my case, although I know some people in my town who are part of the LGBTQ plus community, I have never talked to any of them. So having shows or books like that or podcasts like like yours really helps with understanding myself and knowing I'm not alone with my feelings. And really, the beginning of episode three is just extremely hard and heartbreaking for how real it is with this fear and angst Nick is feeling and which I can also feel in my chest while seeing it. But you know, Mm -hmm. there's always a but. I feel like the show Mm -hmm. included a disclaimer at the beginning of each episode saying that watching it doesn't make sure you'll have a story like that in your real life. No matter if you watch it every month or twice a week, it is just their story and not yours. Just kidding. But then maybe not totally kidding, you know? (laughs) That's all, which is in fact a lot, I know, but you can ignore whatever you want, really. Can't wait for this wrap-up episode and all the upcoming ones as well. (laughs) (laughs) So relatable. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I love that you were able to use this to help you come out to your sister. I yeah. love that so much, Blanca. Also, thank you for being so nice. Yes. Thank you. Like, I'm having emotions. It's actually difficult to read. Everybody's that so nice. Yes. <laughs> okay. So the next one is from G. Hey, Alyssa and Ashley. <laughs> so many thoughts about Heartstopper. Hope I'm not too late. You were not. Anywho, I'm a woman in my mid-50s, bisexual, happily monogamously married to a man for 25 plus years with three kids. I'm an elementary school teacher. I've identified as bisexual since I was in college, had crushes on girls and boys from early on, but didn't really put two and two together until college age. Relatable. Uh, (laughs) Mostly dated boys, but some girls too. I'm a pretty private person, but I'm out to my closest friends. I met my spouse-to-be soon out of college, and we've been together ever since. I'm a monogamous kind of person, and it doesn't bother me uh, It doesn't bother me at all to not physically express my sexuality with a woman. Being in a monogamous, long-term relationship with a man doesn't make me straight. Fucking true. Absolutely. Though it does cost most people to assume that I'm straight. Mm-hmm. Also, fucking true. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll admit that I usually take the path of least resistance and let people believe what they want to believe because what do I care? When my eldest daughter was in middle school, she came up to me one day and said in a nervous voice, Mom, don't be mad, but I'm bisexual. My response was an enthusiastic, me too. (laughs) She was surprised by this. I thought it was a fun bonding moment, but later I wondered if I had stolen her thunder. She wanted to proudly state her truth and differentiate herself as an adolescent, and maybe I had undercut her with my me too. So I decided that if any of my other children came out, I would let them have their moment and I could come out to them later. Fast forward several years, my younger daughter sends me an email saying that she's a lesbian. I went to her and told her that I loved her and that I was proud of her self-awareness, that I was so proud of her self-awareness. What I didn't say was, I'm bi. However, this left me feeling a bit dishonest, lying by omission. And after that, there never seemed to be an appropriate time to tell her. A year or so later, Heartstopper comes out, and I wanted to watch it with her. Older daughter was already away at college, Uh, but she didn't want to watch it. (laughs) What? In parentheses, which, yeah. (laughs) Um, She thought it was going to be too cutesy, which is fair, and I get that a lot from people when I bring it up, they're like, I don't know, that looks like it's going to be like mm-hmm. too sweet. And I'm like, it is, but it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they say that the daughter's really into horror, which I can see how this would like not be really. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so funny because that's very much the conversations that I had with Eddie about it. <laughs> yeah. So I watched it on my own and became obsessed with it. 
Finally, I insisted that she had to watch it at least the first couple of episodes with me. Needless to say, she also fell in love with it. We started having conversations about conversations about the show, the music, etc. Finally, one night at dinner, I told her, I'm bisexual. Her response was, is this a joke? I explained why I didn't tell her earlier when she came out to me. She replied, I really wish you had. So I made the wrong choice. At least I fixed it now with the help of Heartstopper. It's imme- immensely important and moving to me that Heartstopper exists for my kids so that their experience is celebrated in pop culture. It's extremely important to me as a bisexual person to have bi visibility. Charlie saying, bisexual people exist. Next journey. <laughs> Watching Heartstopper made me feel as if I had been neglecting a key aspect of who I am. I became a teacher later in life. And what Tara said to Nick at Harry's party really resonated with me. Since reading and watching Heartstopper, although I'm not looking to make a big announcement, I'm just not hiding my bias anymore. My classroom is proudly queer forward, hung a huge pride flag year round, lots of queer books in my classroom and library. This was true before Heartstopper, but something has changed in the way that I feel about it. It's changed my energy about it and the vibes I put out. I don't feel like I'm hiding anymore. I've even casually dropped coming out into some colleague conversations, which I hadn't done in years. I feel extremely lucky to teach in a state where my teaching approach is not only not criminalized, but doesn't make anyone, parents, other teachers, or admins, bat an eyelash. Though I'm an elementary school teacher, I've had kids come out to me as gay and pansexual. I know trans kids. It's my mission to make sure that the LGBTQ plus kids are welcome, celebrated, embraced, and see themselves in my classroom. Sadly, I don't have the Heartstopper books in my classroom because of the swearing, which understandable. Yeah. Um, Heartstopper is one of those things that I didn't realize was so needed and necessary until it existed. I'm so grateful for its existence, for my children, for my students, and for myself. Thanks for listening and existing, gals. X-O-G. Ah, I love it. I love that. I I am like stuck on the fact that you've had elementary school kids coming out to you as gay mm-hmm. and pan. I, I, you know, I teach middle school and I, I have kids who are, ident- who identify as gay, non-binary, pan. And, but th- the fact that like even in elementary school, there's kids who are coming out. I, it makes me so mm-hmm. happy. Just that like the kids yeah. are all right. Yeah. And I'm so excited for this like generation of queer individuals because they have teachers like y'all <laughs> that they can look up to, you know, and they yeah. have these things in the media that they can see. It's just, it's so exciting. Yeah. I know. I know there are like, you know, it's hard to not, it, it's hard to like talk about it without acknowledging like there are definitely parts of, of the world and the country where mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not easy to be a queer teacher, to be an ally in education it's not easy to be a queer kid. And I also, because I'm, you know, I'm in New York and I, I do also, I'm in New York City especially. So I also feel very lucky that I can kind of like right. be <laughs> and, yeah. you know, include LGBTQ like d- conversations and, and things like that in my curriculum. And, you know, I run, yeah. we call it Rainbow Alliance, right? I, I run like an LGBTQ alliance um, and that's not possible in every state in our country. Right. You know, even in places where it is possible, there are people who are trying to make it not possible. Um, <laughs> but yeah. 
I mean, my state's really going through it right now. Oh, yeah. Tennessee is having a hot fucking dumpster fire. Yeah. So uh, thank you, G, for being like there for for your 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 children, like your biological children, and also for your students. Mm-hmm. And just with the Heartstopper books, what I would do is just suggest the show to your kids because it is family friendly. And then if they yeah. happen to find the comics on their own, that's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the Hearts. I mean, again, middle school, but. We had a book fair in February at my school, and they had volumes one and two of Heartstopper. Nice. And the amazing thing was I cannot tell you how many kids came up to me and was like, they have Heartstopper. And <laughs> we're so excited. And they bought it. It was it was great. I was like, oh, my God. The kids, yeah, that's my, so exciting. My kids don't know about the podcast because I don't really like talk about like my socials or any way that they can mm-hmm. find me on social for you know personal boundaries. But they know that I love Heartstopper uh, because I recommend it to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So if if your elementary school kids find it on their own, it's not your fault. You could just <laughs> give them a gentle nudge in the right direction. Right. All right. So this next message is from Nick. Uh, not Nick Nelson, <laughs> not Nick Nelson, but Nick, who we love. Um, hi, pod people. Nick here. Heartstopper means a lot of things to me, but the thing that I often think about is how much younger me would have benefited from the graphic novels and the show. Long story short, I grew up in rural Louisiana, had a pretty dysfunctional family life, and honestly spent a lot of my adolescence trying not to be noticed. Not the best environment for any sensitive kid, really, not to mention a queer kid. Just to be able to see examples of healthy and happy queer relationships and friendships, I'm pretty sure that would have made younger me feel so much less alone. I think it would have helped me navigate those early romantic relationships in healthier ways, too. I don't think I truly found my self-worth until my mid-20s. I definitely didn't come into a healthy and fulfilling romantic relationship until after the self-worth work. That was hard to say. (laughs) Self-worth work. I spent a lot of time and energy during my late teens and early 20s in relationships that weren't very good for me. Things are much better now. There's so much to learn from all the relationships and friendships in Heartstopper. Finding friends and partners who treat you like how the Heartstopper gang treats each other, that's a good standard to go by. Heartstopper opened up a lot of old wounds for me, very much the, wow, I wish my young life could have been like this melancholy. But it also brought and brings me so much happiness and queer joy. It makes me feel so seen. I'll end it there. Love the podcast and keep up the great work. Ah. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, you for writing in. I don't think I truly found my self-worth until my mid-20s hit me like a ton of bricks. <laughs> uh, Cause same. Mm-hmm. So much love. <laughs> yes. And I feel like a theme that we are seeing here and that obviously we have talked about before too is just that (sighs) I wish my younger self could have had this, you know? (laughs) Very relatable. All right. So the next one is from Allie. Allie wrote, I just want to start by saying I love this podcast so much. I found you guys because I needed more Heartstopper content in my life. Heartstopper is my favorite show slash book series. For proof, I got a permanent Heartstopper tattoo on my arm. I'm going to pause there and just say thank you. Thank you for listening and for also (laughs) being so nice. Everybody's so nice. (laughs) Um, 
I watched the show before I knew about the comics, and I just love everything Alice Osman has ever been a part of. Fair. I am 22 and bisexual, and I feel so understood when I watch Heartstopper and read all of Alice's books. What I love about Heartstopper is it is so relatable and hopeful, which I think is a, mm-hmm. like, solid point. Like, I I don't use the word hopeful a lot, but when dis- when talking about the show, but it is, like, a very hopeful show. So yes. <laughs> good word choice. <laughs> um, yes. Queer love can come with more hardship than straight relationships, but this is one of the few shows that showcases that there are happy endings, even for queer people. It definitely became a comfort show for me, and listening to your your guys' podcast and reliving each scene and hearing your commentary makes the show even better. Aww. I love all the characters, but Nick and Charlie's love story is what truly makes me love the show so much. Charlie is just the most pure human being to ever exist and deserves only the best. And then Nick comes along and quite literally is the definition of perfect. So it only makes sense that Nick and Charlie are the perfect couple. I'm so excited for season two and can't wait for more of your podcast. Everyone is so nice. (laughs) Yes. It's going to make me emotional. Yeah. Charlie is just like so Mm -hmm. pure and sweet. And Nick is also just, like, pure and, like, sunshine and happiness in a person. So I'm feeling all, like, warm fuzzies. (laughs) Uh, I know. All right. And then we have our last listener message is from Donna. Where do I begin? Heartstopper means everything to me. It has changed my life in so many ways, and I'm not even joking. For some context, I'm a cisgender white woman in her early 40s, married to, to a man, only ever been in relationships with men, lots of gay friends, and I always saw myself as a great ally. Ally in all caps. <laughs> I decided to watch Heartstopper because it looked like a sweet show I might be able to watch with my tween son. I first watched the show in July 2022 and couldn't stop think about it, thinking about it, talking about it to everyone and re-watching it. I think they call this my special interest. By October, I realized, <laughs> ooh, I am bisexual. I had kissed a couple girls in my 20s and loved it, but when I wondered if I was a lesbian, that didn't feel accurate since I have always been attracted to men. So I assumed I must be straight and have just had a secret curiosity about women. Sorry, I'm just laughing because same. (laughs) Like, just relatable. I'm laughing. (laughs) Yeah. Very relatable. (laughs) Slowly, I thought about all of the girl friendships I had as a child slash teenager where I was obsessed with each girlfriend and wanted to be with them all the time. The A, the T, and the T were all in capitals, by the way. Um, And the actresses (laughs) and models I often watched and thought about, for me, it was Jennifer Love Hewitt and Party of Five. I had heard the word bisexual, but I thought it translated to being poly. I am certain that Nick Nelson is the first bisexual character I have ever watched. Anyway, in October, I came out to my therapist, then my husband, and now several friends, and most recently, the barista at my local coffee shop when she complimented my pride t-shirt. Heartstopper has truly been the catalyst for me figuring out who I really am and how to live my life authentically. The show has also opened my eyes to the whole spectrum of humans in the LGBTQIA community, and now, instead of being an ally to gay men and lesbians, I am driven to be an active ally for all gender identities and all sexualities. In terms of characters in the show, I would say I'm a giddy mix of Nick's, of Nick's golden retriever energy with Charlie's mental health and dysfunctional family. Thanks for listening. I love your podcast so, so much. Ah, I love it. Oh, my God. So relatable. Jennifer Love Hewitt, great mm-hmm. 
yeah. choice. <laughs> Solid selection. Um, also, again, just super relatable going back to like thinking about like your friendships and the actresses. Like, yes. I know we did a whole episode so on it, but like, <sighs> so relatable. Also, congratulations on yes. beginning to come out to people. That's so exciting. Yeah. Oh, thank you, everybody, for writing in. Those were really – Yes, they were all so sweet. You guys are all so nice. That just nice. made me so happy. <laughs> all right. So as a lot of those mentioned, right, that y'all are looking forward to more, and obviously the big question is what the hell are we going to do because we don't even know when season two is going to yeah, be out. no announcements. Pointedly. Yes, pointedly staring at Netflix. <laughs> um uh, we're going to be taking a short break. Uh, we're going to take a month off just to kind of get our bearings and breathe for a little mm-hmm. bit. And then we will be back to discuss the comics. Ayo! Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited. So yeah, so we're going to be doing one chapter per episode. And we're going to be sprinkling in some bonus episodes. Yes. Uh, which I'm going to let Ashley talk about because it was your idea. (laughs) (laughs) So we have some exciting guests lined up just to come on and do some short little bonus episodes where we kind of pick their brain about the season as a whole um, Mm -hmm. and the comics if they've read them. um, And yeah, just continue to talk about it. Basically, we don't want to stop talking about it. And so we're going to bring some other people on to continue to talk about it and also just to like get some Mm -hmm. other perspectives you know we're just two people so to hear from some other voices so yeah i think that will be really fun i'm so excited i'm very excited i'm excited for all of it um and i actually do want to share that over in discord land uh for those of you who haven't joined the why are we like this discord yet we will put the invite link in the show notes and you should come join us but we're going to be uh, hosting some read-alongs as we are reading the comics um, just to get uh, your perspectives as well and just to kind of like have a fun place to talk about it and nerd out about it together. Um, So I am working on the schedule for that to kind of coincide with when we will be recording the episodes for each of the chapters so that hopefully I can share some of uh, folks' different ideas in those episodes. Um, And I will be posting that all in the Discord. And Mm -hmm. um, we will also share that stuff on Instagram as well. Come hang out. Join the Discord (laughs) so that you can be a part of that. And, uh, you know, all the other fun things that are going on over there. Yeah. And we've also discussed possibly doing some live watches yes so let us know if you'd be interested in that yeah <laughs> um yeah so lots of fun things happening uh get your comics ready because that's what's coming yeah so that is just about everything that we have and of course this is a bi-weekly podcast by two bisexuals and we will see you after our break. Again, keep an eye out on Instagram for the official announcement of when we'll be back. You can find us on all platforms at Why Are We Cast. And if you're enjoying, please consider rating and reviewing us. And until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.